Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here, Dan. Well, good to have you, Chris. And uh, Chris, I thought this week we'd, we'd take a look at, at uh, a bit of a reversal of the trade that's been taking place throughout the course of the uh, end of, of 2020 and, and as we headed into 2021. And um, I want to set the stage a little bit of uh, looking at some numbers. Uh, a couple, a couple of days old in the market here, but uh, since the beginning of September of 2020 and you know, through the uh, through the first week of, of March, we've seen small cap value up over 55 percent. We've seen the NASDAQ 100 up small, you know, mid-single digits. Um, and as I start looking out at the year-to-date numbers, right, and, and here we are sitting here on, on, on March 11th, Russell 2000 value is up 27%, uh, while we've seen a, a, the Russell 2000 growth is only up about 10%. So a big delta there. Uh, we've seen regional banks are up 34%. Microcap has is, is really been ripping. That's up 32%. You know, so I would say, you know, for most folks, the, the way that the market has been trading through uh, the third quarter of, of 2020, you know, this is, seems you know, really quite unexpected. Um, did you see this coming, and, and where do you think we go from here? Yeah, no, it's not surprising in the sense that uh, it it it's all a part of the reopening trade. It's all a part of the rotation. Um, certainly, there was a needed catch-up for the value components relative to the prior winners from work from home during 2020. And if you step back, it's almost a little bit reminiscent of what we saw after the election in 2016, where you just get a lot of enthusiasm and hope and liquidity coming into the market and the market starts embracing risk. And so they bid up small caps, micro caps, high beta, high short interest, you have levered players that start uh, needing to cover shorts that only adds fuel to the fire and accelerates uh, the the rally in these areas, and then you get momentum chasing on top of it. Um, So there's very fundamental reasons for it to happen. I, I think what's interesting, if you step back and kind of ignore just, you know, what we've seen year to date, or as you note, in the fourth quarter through now, on a 12-month basis, the Russell 2000 value is up 80%. The Russell, or pardon me, the Russell 2000 value is up 80%. The Russell 2000 is up 84%. The Russell 2000 growth is up 84%. Um, the SOX, Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, is up 92%. Um, the you know, the the NASDAQ composite is up 68%. Um, the regional banking index, which is also probably the strongest sector year-to-date, is up 88%. And, and so I think what we can say is, look, from the trough, you know, in March a year ago, everything's kind of normalized. We've priced things back in. Um, and the question going forward is going to be, Who's going to see peaking fundamentals? Um, I know people are very excited about banks right now because we've seen the 10-year rise and the curve steepen. And the steep curve is definitely good for the banking industry. But we need to be realistic that you know loans don't price off the 10-year. They price off the short end, zero to two years. Um, and that's well below where it was last year. And there's not much hope to raise rates anytime soon. So you know, banks will be repricing their loan book into a lower rate environment. But 
I get the short-term momentum trade. I think the rest of 2021 will be about who keeps the price appreciation and who starts to give it back, as well as um, where where do we see sustained earnings growth into uh, 2022. And as we Heading through the course of uh, the end of the first quarter here, we're starting to see you know, checks coming out the door from the government. Do you think that that has to do anything with uh, the market embracing risk? Uh, one, are, do you think these are related? Um, and then how much does it encourage that? And, and then the last part of this question is, you know, do you think we've priced in the stimulus so far? Yeah, they're definitely related. I mean, it's, you know, we have seen, and as Will talked about, Last week, the options market really is driving the stock market, and you know we're everyone's familiar with the GameStop phenomena, um, and that's you know very much driven by retail investors and using stimulus checks and their time at home to manipulate stock prices and nothing that's fundamental, and that's having a very material impact in the small cap universe, and certainly in the micro cap space. Um, and with the announcement and when people began to see that, yeah, we were going to pass stimulus, uh, the market front ran that. Uh, we've already seen GameStop, you know, rally several hundred percent. We've already seen this similar targets as previous um, uh, be impacted by that anticipate those anticipated checks coming out. So, yeah, the markets definitely front run a lot of this stimulus for sure. And I, you know, I think the the real key is I, I expect a very you know robust recovery. The reopening's real. The virus is going to be gone much sooner than Dr. Fauci or anyone else is saying, and we're going to be uh, getting back to normal much faster. Um, but it's interesting when you look at the earnings estimates as an example for the Russell 2000 value for 2021. Uh, Q1 is expected to be up 30%. Q2 is supposed to be up 15%. Q3 is supposed to be up 12%. And these are year-over-year numbers. Then Q4 minus 6.7. If that's the case, then it wouldn't surprise me to see this leadership really toggle back and forth between value and growth throughout the year growth obviously digesting prior gains and suffering some multiple compression early on. And then we'll see what really can grow into 2022. Um, And it may take more stimulus, maybe not in the form of checks to people, but maybe in the form of an infrastructure bill to grow beyond 2021 kind of reopening. And and one of the things you mentioned in your earlier response is you touched on rates. Um, Seemingly it, it appears that rates might be breaking out a bit. Do you think they can go much higher? And, and if yes, you know how high can they can they really go at this point? Um, you know, it it wouldn't be surprising to see the ten year go to two percent. Um, can it stay there? I don't know. I, I'm a little more skeptical of that. We've already seen the move up in rates begin to impact the housing market, and we're in a very severe supply and demand imbalance. So we need supply. Demand is completely overwhelming supply, but yet it's even shown the price appreciation is starting to uh, abate a bit. Um, I, the real key to me is not where the 10-year goes. Uh, the 10-year can swing 50 to 100 basis points both directions every year. So what we've seen now is completely normal. 
and over a near term basis, there's no reason it can't you know sustainably break through 160. The real question is what's going to happen to the short end? Um, is the two year going to start to move up? And if the two year starts to move up, that's an indication that the Fed's going to start raising rates. It actually leads the Fed and forces the Fed to raise rates. Um, I, that hadn't started happening yet. Uh, what that tells me is still all the inflationary pressures are transitory. And uh, anything we see as far as movement in the 10-year, uh, maybe somewhat range-bound, say 2% or so. But we'll need to see. We'll need to see the data as it comes out. Um, certainly, as rates move higher, and we if we actually reprice uh, debt higher, that's a real problem. We've added so much debt to the system, and we've started to see that. So, you know, the high-yield spreads have been backing up a little bit this week. Um, I think the market's set to consolidate. Uh, the only areas that look like they want to set new highs is the 10-year Treasury and actually oil prices. Everything else looks like it's lower highs and higher lows, a consolidation of the move we've had. And that's not surprising. As we said, we, I think we've priced in the, the reopening. We've priced in the stimulus. The market's going to ask the question, what's next? And it's going to start to ask that in a seasonally weak period. So I expect a lot of volatility to remain with us um, through the summer uh, and into the fall. Yeah, and, and the last question I have, just a follow-up there. You, know, you mentioned the, these areas that you anticipate consolidating, but you, you do briefly touch on oil prices. Um, do you feel as though we can we can start seeing a bit of a breakout in the energy sector here after um, after uh, well an extended period of, of really being left behind by uh, by all the rest of the equity market? Yeah, I, look, in my mind, um, energy's clearly had a very strong move. Uh, you know, the XLE. And it's dominated by the majors, so it's not a great indication of what's happening in the real more dynamic parts of the energy market. It's up 60% in the last 12 months. Can it, you know, recapture and get to the 80%, 90% level with, with the other sectors? Absolutely. Um, I think what the market isn't pricing in right now is that we're going to remain at these oil prices. Um, I think investors really need to realize that if we didn't have oil production growth in the U.S. in the form of shale production, we would have been in a very serious energy crisis in this country. And they also need to understand that the only reason we had that shale production was we had a bubble of capital flowing into the space that will not be repeated. And we don't have a lot of incremental assets to tap to grow production again. Uh, so the world's going to shift back to being controlled by OPEC, and we've seen that since last year. Um, we need, we're going to reopen, we're going to fly, we're going to travel. Um, we need to spend money in the energy space, um, even with the prospect for renewables and electric vehicles. None of that will come true without a very significant increase in fossil fuel production. Um, and we haven't invested the money in the space in the last three or four years for that to occur. So we're gonna have a supply and imbalance on the other side. And I suspect we, we're gonna see you know, $60 oil for a while. Um, and if we don't get the investment, we'll see a higher price oil. And the stocks themselves don't reflect the current oil price on a sustained basis. 
Um, they reflect that they're not going bankrupt. They reflect that they're generating free cash flow and they'll be able to delever and right size balance sheets. But what they don't reflect is oil could be here, companies could roll hedges. You could see a very significant increase in free cash flow. And some of these companies could effectively buy themselves back over the next five years just with the free cash flow they're going to generate. And the market will have to adjust to that pricing as they come to the realization that higher prices are, are going to be more the norm than the $35 oil we saw uh, last year previously. Okay. All right, Chris. Well, I think that's a good point to, to jump off for today. So, you know, thank you, as always, for the caller. And uh, we will catch you back here in, in short order. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.